welcome to episode 34 of Chew on This, a Nerds United podcast. I'm Vic. And this week we're going to do a little things a little bit differently with uh, BJ being gone because he's actually on his honeymoon. So everybody say hi to BJ because he's probably sitting on the beach somewhere. But he shouldn't be listening to this while he's on his honeymoon. Otherwise, he's going to get into a fight uh, with his missus. So before we get started, um, I just want to ask everybody, please, if you can, uh, review us on iTunes. Uh, it's a good way to see how we're doing. And... Um, it makes it easier for people to find us, and also uh, it lets us know how we're doing, uh, which is most important. Just like everything else, every everything else that we've said before, we'll uh, uh, we'll give you a shout out um, if you leave a review, and uh, so hopefully you do that. Um, so right now, I'd, I'd like to introduce John Marcotte is here again. Uh, we went to see, go see Ghostbusters last night um, in IMAX 3D. And uh, he's here because we did the uh, Heroic Girls interview, and we thought it was important that uh, rather than me sit here and talk about the movie for 10 minutes, that uh, we get somebody else in here who who understands what Ghostbusters means more than so just a reboot for, of the original movie. So, John, welcome again. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, so, oh, I, I always forget this. We always do this like 20 minutes into the uh, podcast. Uh, spoilers. Major, major spoilers right now. So if you haven't seen the movie... Stop listening, then come back and listen to us. So overall, what'd you think? Because we didn't talk about this last night. I basically told you to shut up once the movie was done. You did tell me to shut up. Uh, (laughs) It's quite rude. I was offended. um, Oh, here's what I think. I mean, number one, uh, this is was a hard movie to come into without some sort of political agenda. There are obviously a bunch of people on the uh, out there that predetermined that they were going to hate this film no matter what happened. And then I think, you know, for someone like me, there's that knee-jerk reaction to say, screw those guys, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to love this movie. And I tried as best as I could to to tamp that down. Um, What I thought was, uh, it's a very good movie. It is not the classic that the original Ghostbusters was, but it's certainly a worthy sequel that had a lot of good stuff that you could build on for, for if they managed to crank another one of these out at some point. I really liked the women who played the Ghostbusters. Um, and I think the problems that I saw in the movie, and there were some, were mainly things I, that I would bet the studio kind of foisted on the film to, uh, uh, you know, make it bigger and badder and uh, when it didn't really need it. So I, I thought it was great. I, I think it's a very, very good, enjoyable movie. If it was on a blank slate and nobody was putting all this political stuff on it, I think it would, uh, it would be overwhelmingly positive. It's a crowd pleaser. People are going to enjoy themselves. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I really tried to suspend my nostalgia for the original while watching the movie, and I think it took about five seconds into like when the first joke hit in the movie, and I don't think I stopped laughing since. The, the movie was yeah. really funny. The guy next to me just kept laughing the whole film. It was kind of obnoxious, but <laughs> I didn't have to ask you what you thought of the movie. <laughs> it was really funny, and I really enjoyed it, and it, it you know... What I what I have a problem sometimes with is when I watch a movie and review it either the, the night of or the very next day is that I don't have time for the movie to sit with me. And what I always want to try to do is try to look on the negatives of the movie and try to find a lot of negatives. And if I struggle right. – I, I found if I struggle to find negatives in the movie, my overall initial impression is, oh, yeah, I really like that movie. You yeah. know? So, that, I mean, that's what happened to me. I really enjoyed it. Um, we'll get into the nitty gritty a little, in, in a little bit, but overall, both of us obviously really liked it. I remember you laughing 
I think me and you got probably ninety nine point nine percent of the jokes in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're the we're, we are the target demographic yeah, yeah. for that film because uh, um, there were a lot of callbacks. I mean, yes. you're saying you're trying to tamp down the nostalgia. They're not going to make that easy for you. They it's right from the opening shot. Well, they opened with the the uh, Ray Parker Jr. original Ghostbusters. It did the the Fall Out Boy theme shows up about halfway through, and it really wasn't that bad. It didn't bother me by that point. I was having a pretty good time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. uh, opening with the original was smart. I, I enjoyed that and. The the original logo, uh, the original type logo. Was... I kind of—that's the one thing I. Um, let, let's go into likes first. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I, I loved about the movie was uh, it, it felt like it felt like I don't know if you agree or not, but it felt like he watched he rewatched the original movie and just put like question marks on certain things and took his movie. And decided to answer those questions, like, "Well, how the hell did you come up with all this goddamn equipment? How do you move from the basement of of that uh, institution that they were at? Because it's right. never stated in the, in the original, and then all of a sudden you have all this like proton pack, all this shit. Like they never. Well, it was, I believe it was uh, a third mortgage on Ray's house in the original, but <laughs> well, that's how they got that's how they got the firehouse, right? Yeah, well, but they didn't show like them testing the equipment. The first time no. they tested is right when, when they, they fight slimers. Yeah, um, so I loved I loved all that background information, even the background information on how they all met in, right. in this new one. I think you know uh, that they wanted a lot of the DNA from the original, and they wanted the premise to be roughly the same, but they didn't want to just rehash exactly the parts of the story that you already saw in the first one. So they they said, let's focus on these different areas. We're going to tell a different story, same premise, same basic concept, and uh, I think that was very smart. There were a lot of. Uh, callbacks and, mo- and moments that made that kind of reference to the original film but it, it didn't have to uh you know you didn't feel like they had to hit every story beat from the original movie because they're telling their own story yeah i loved how they came up with the logo too in the movie too <laughs> yeah right in the middle of like a comedic scene that was going on and um there's definitely you, you know when you're watching this film other than it being like a female centric heavy cast that it's a paul feig movie like yeah the the comedic beats are just they're great that's uh yeah I, I think uh that was uh fantastic uh, particularly the first like two thirds of the movie or so before we start getting action heavy uh the uh comedic chops on it are just fantastic they're very 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 funny and I want to do a I think a special call out for Kate McKinnon uh, oh God yes who as Holtzman. Oh my God, she is fucking great in this movie. She's she stood out so much to me. She and you know and you you can only have one person like her on the cast, or else it would just be too crazy. But her just insanity through this entire movie uh, as this crazy mad scientist uh, engineer that you know built a lot of their equipment. Uh, uh, she was hilarious, and all watching the other characters react to the crazy things she's doing. Uh, I mean, down to her look. I mean, she was just fun to look at. Yeah, yeah. she had she's like Egon t- turned up to eleven. You know, she, she with had, like with Venkman in there too. A little Venkman in there too. She she has a sense of humor, which Egon certainly did not. Yeah, yeah. But uh, she was her own character, basically. She was her own character. I mean, you want to make comparisons to the original because yeah. you know Egon. You say, oh, well, the hair a little bit and the glasses are somewhat of rougher. That's pretty much where it ends, though. That's pretty much where it ends that she's smart but, but she's and she's the smart one she's a you know guy or woman who builds all the equipment but all, what's what's good about this movie is that everyone was smart even even patty who is yeah, leslie jones I, I was really happy with how that character because uh you know from the trailer they showed i think the broadest kind of most stereotypical moment that you could have possibly gotten from her and i was afraid that that was what we were going to get through the entire film right instead of a token black a token black woman yeah it was going to be and uh 
I mean, with numbers, she has a much bigger part than Winston did in the first, yes, uh, first yeah, film. She's yeah, much, definitely. She's much more critical, and uh, the humor that she has is not all this like broad. I'm a big dumb black woman humor, yeah. which I was afraid we might get, and it's it's certainly not. She's uh, uh, smart and very capable, and uh, was really it was a pleasure, you know, exceeding expectations. I really thought her character worked well. She uh, she does she yeah, like you said, she ha- she plays a bigger role, but she actually. She actually uh, contributes a lot to the team, too, right. in, in what they're trying to do. And if I can remember back in the first one and even maybe the second one, he only has a couple of quips here and there. He has that one line or that one exchange with uh, with Dan Aykroyd in the, in the, in the Ecto-1 when they're driving right. over the bridge in the first movie when he's like, did you ever think that maybe you know we're, having, we're so busy because the dead are rising from the grave. And then the, the end of times, he has the Bible. That's like the smartest, most contributing thing he has in that entire movie until he, until he tells the mayor that Well, you know, you know that's what happens when you end up getting cast when Eddie Murphy drops out. <laughs> right, and, right, right. And Bill Murray, Harold Ramis, and Dan Aykroyd wrote the movie together, and you're the <laughs> Ghostbuster that didn't write the movie. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's where you end up. Um, you know, and, yeah, I think she was much better integrated. And, you know, when I said role, the two types of roles, both role in the film and... And role on the team. She has more of a purpose in both right. cases, so um, an improvement in that area. Yeah, one of the other things I really loved about the movie um, is is before it gets to the you know over the top ending, um, but not too much over the top. If you actually look at it like pound for pound versus the original, because they yeah. had a marshmallow man in the original. They but, did have a marshmallow man, but uh, but I thought I thought the women at the end of the movie were fucking badass. Oh the yeah, one yeah. scene where. Uh, Holtzman uh, pulls out the uh, the the pistols. two yeah the two pistols yeah. and she takes out like twenty ghosts. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, none of the original Ghostbusters did that. Well, you know, and that's uh, uh, you know that's the kind of thing that I started thinking. Well, we're kind of moving into the area where the studio wants the endings to be bigger, better explosions and stuff. I, I always think of like Winter Soldier, which was this tight little spy caper all the way through and then you could tell right at the end marvel said well something big has to explode so they had to come up with at the end of this political spy thriller you know three helicarriers blowing up and falling out of the sky over washington dc right i don't think it was really necessary for the film um and you know the the action was cool at the end of it and everything but i don't think it's what made the movie special i think the the character humor at the beginning was better than the action at the end not that the action was bad but it was the same kind of thing you could have gotten from a dozen other movies whereas that humor of those characters interacting earlier was really really good yeah the other movie that comes to mind is deadpool Um, yeah the ending of deadpool was so far-fetched from the the whole grounded version of when I say grounded, I don't mean like it could happen in real life. I mean grounded like you didn't have this like giant set piece, and then you waited yeah. till the very end to see this helicarrier like set piece like right. blow up at the end. I'm like, did you really need to blow it up? Like you could have killed the guy without blowing up that giant <laughs> set piece. But that's true. Um, it's funny the you know the uh, the gag where uh, Deadpool keeps forgetting the, his bag of guns on the thing. <laughs> that yeah. was budget related. They did couldn't afford a shootout, so they had to use swords. Oh so really? They, oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's why that's why he kept forgetting the bag was because oh, nice. it was more expensive to do a gunfight. I wouldn't have known that that's an issue. They at put all, all the money in the exploding helicarrier. They put all the money in exploding helicarrier, so they didn't. They, that was a budgetary concern. So yeah. that's why Deadpool. Deadpool kept forgetting his guns. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so what didn't you like about the movie? Um, you know, it. Uh, I thought that the the last uh, act, the third act, uh, the big finale and stuff was a bit uh, uh, pedestrian. It's very standard action movie. movie. Uh, they're throwing a lot of effects at you, a lot of like just trying to like visually wow you. And some of it was cool. I'm not, you know, but... 
you know, in this movie, I was so entertained by how those women were interacting together and the humor that was involved that when we shifted into more of an action vein, I'm like, God, I wish they were just cracking jokes again instead of, you know, even though it was cool, you know, you were, you're, uh, you know, Kung Fu Ghostbusters that were taking out 30 ghosts at a time. <laughs> that was neat looking. But, and, and also I, I didn't think the, uh, uh, the villain really had a lot of weight and, and there are a lot of movies that have that problem, but yeah, boy, this yeah. movie would have been elevated if, if he had had a bigger presence and you really, you know, uh, more interaction with the Ghostbusters early, a better setup. Uh, and you know, just was, uh, uh, uh Ghostbusters two. The one thing that worked for me was the villain. I loved, uh, well, what's his face? Uh, uh, Vigo, Vigo, yeah, Vigo. Uh, you know, because he was out. He was he was throughout. He was f- there from the very beginning of the movie, right? I mean, right from the outset, he was you know fucking with Oscar, right? So it's it just a. Uh, <laughs> I think that would have uh, you know, and this is a, a minor crib, quibble. I'm not trying to dump yeah, on the yeah. guy who played the bad guy in there, and I, I'm not familiar with him, but he was fine. He had a creepy presence and everything, but uh, you know, at towards the end of the film, you know, I think back to the original Ghostbusters, and I do think they felt like they had to one up it. Instead of having a marshmallow man, you had something that was literally looked like it was probably three times the size of the marshmallow man, right? And and then an army of ghosts to clear out before you <laughs> even got to that. Um, and in the original, you know, instead of uh, a moment where they're taking out 400 ghosts, you have them puking on the stairs because they have to walk <laughs> up the stairs, which is funny. You know, you had the humor going strong all the way up. I think that was also scene. based on. I think that was also based on budget too. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so, but you know, it was uh, um, it, it was something where I was going. You know, you probably could have stepped it back. And you know, to be honest. I'm betting if Paul Feig was left to his own devices, we wouldn't have had it quite as over the top on the action. Right. I'm thinking that that's the thing where the studio came, much like Marvel said, you have to blow up something big at the end of Winter Soldier. I'm betting Sony said, you have to have this giant action set piece at the end of the film because that's what people expect in summer blockbusters. And even though it was basically well done, I thought, like, that's the kind of scene I could have seen in another movie. I really wish we had more of the women interacting at the end of the film because they were so damn funny the rest of the movie. So, uh, you know, and again, this did not ruin the movie for me, but that's what I think took it from, like, you know, being a movie on Rotten Tomatoes that would be at the 80, 90 percent and dropped it down to 75. You know, it, it just... It, I think it, it the ending wasn't super special, so you know. Uh, I, I think that was the one callback that I probably could have done without. Um, when the fir- when the trailers were coming out and you saw this giant white ghost, I was like, "Is that a weird like callback to Marshmallow Man?" Because yeah. like, because throughout the movie, there's a lot of like nostalgia things that happen. I mean, right, right from the outset, you kind of see a building that looks like Dana's old building, yeah, uh, Dana Barrett's old building that gets blown up. Um, there's little things here and there. Of course, the Ray Parker uh, thing is the you can play that. Is in yeah, there. the um, firehouse, of course. And but um, the I, th- I and I enjoyed all of it. I enjoyed right. every single thing that they kind of subtly did. But there was nothing subtle, even though that was not Stay Puft at the yeah. end. You could like yes, spoilers again. It's it's the insignia that they bring to life, right. um, and he just ups it to like what. 300 feet like twice the size yeah, of the state it, puff. It looked, he looked but again bigger. it was a white ghost so yeah. it was like okay i i know where you're kind of calling and, that back to and we had seen state puffed earlier in the film yes he was the... yeah that's all i needed was that yeah. one scene and they made and they made that scene funny too yeah you know and i you know we're somewhat in the uh in the star wars trailer it's like really the death star again we're doing this again <laughs> um, yeah that's the one argument that that's the one argument that none of these guys want to admit like well did you like did you like episode seven because that's just retelling episode four. Right. And, and you know, it's, it's whether it re- retold it well. And I think Ghostbusters did a pretty good job of it. Although I think 
again, the setup and the interaction between the characters, I, I liked that part of the movie better than I liked the very ending, even right. though it was cool. Um, you know, what I, I had the pleasure of was uh, you you had a contest to give away a couple of these IMAX tickets. Right. So I ended up sitting next to the contest winner, which was a, a girl named Sarah who looked to be about maybe nine or so. And uh, although she was scared of the ghosts at the beginning of the movie, <laughs> some of the ghosts in the in the first couple ghosts, they're that trying opening, to scare you. They're, yeah, that opening sequence is pretty freaky. They're pretty freaky. Um, and she was peeking through her eyes. But by the end of it, she was just ecstatic. She thought this was the best thing ever. She's taking her picture in front of the logo out in the front. And, you know, yeah, I, I posted a picture up on my site a little while ago of Kristen Wiig uh, signing autographs for two little girls dressed up like Ghostbusters who could not be happier. And, you know, there, I think there is something uh, there that, you know, this movie in some sense is for them, that that gives them a, a, a chance to have a hero like the Ghostbusters. And, and uh, I think it succeeds wildly at that. I think little girls are going to love this movie. Yeah, I think so, too. I think I think this does something as you know, episode seven did for girls like growing up. Now your girls and my girls will have a black widow. will have a, a Jedi master. The most powerful person in the galaxy will be a woman. Um, and then your ghostbusters will be four women saving New York city. Even though I think they filmed the movie in Massachusetts, which I thought was a little disappointing. And, and Australia, which uh, was, <laughs> yeah. I think the Massachusetts was just that mansion. That's where they got. Yeah. The mansion. The I was a little disappointed that nothing was filmed in New York city. Well, uh, uh, you know, if they CGI'd up Times Square there, they did a damn fine job. It, it looked like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I it didn't take me too far out. It's not like, you know, when you're watching right. it, all of a sudden you're going, hey, we're in Vancouver again. Every now and then you can really tell. <laughs> I, it didn't throw me too bad. Um, you know, uh, oh, it's a couple more call-outs for, you know, things that we liked. Uh, uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, Comedy Chops. Right. Very, very funny. Uh, he is not Janine in male form. He's his own weird, bizarre no, character. he is not Janine at all. Janine is fucking a thousand times smarter than, what's his name? Kevin. Kevin's Kevin. I character. mean, well, I mean, they, they play up the idea that he is just an idiot and oblivious. Did you think they played it up too much to reverse the roles? Um, I, I mean, because he is, he is beyond stupid. He is beyond stupid. Um, you know, number one, I'm just going to say, ultimately, was it funny? Yes, yeah, it, it was, was funny. And then number two... What I enjoyed was, as stupid as he was, it was more fun uh, seeing Kristen Wiig, uh, character, <laughs> Aaron, uh, yeah. I mean, the super smart scientist who's nerdy and uptight and everything, uh, just infatuated with him. And that's the <laughs> yeah. only reason I even have the guy, pretty much, is because yeah. uh, uh, she loves the man candy, and it's embarrassing and, and funny seeing her fall all <laughs> over herself. And he's just oblivious to the fact that she even exists. And, right, and, right. Uh, watching, uh, and, I mean, it's very funny watching her uh, pursuit of this guy that's just it's never gonna happen <laughs> yeah so yeah i i i i like the role reversal um it almost borderlines on on too much i thought i thought they were i thought they were pushing the stupidity level up almost annoyingly to the point where like he doesn't know how to answer a phone yeah well i mean it was it was broad comedy i mean that yeah. it, it was surreal i mean how uh, just how dumb they portrayed him as uh, <laughs> but i mean i was always you know it, and it, if it did take you a little bit out of the film because he's he's more unbelievable than the ghosts they were facing actually but <laughs> yeah. um, but you know i when he would find out some new thing to do something stupid that i would think how could someone possibly be that dumb <laughs> it was enjoyable for me uh to uh, figure out that, you know, uh, uh, for him to find out a new way to portray stupidity every time. Yeah, um, yeah, really. But but again, it, it works. For the film, it, it, it it's not forced. And I thought, you know what I thought was kind of interesting, too? And I know they, 
I know they they filmed this movie a lot like a while back before most of the major hating started happening. Oh, but yeah. I thought it was interesting in the movie where they were talking about don't read there was that one line when they were reading YouTube comments about yeah. the video that they posted, and they said, you know, women can't fight ghosts. And I was like, yeah. ooh, I wonder if that's a big fuck you to all the He-Man woman haters clubs out there. Yeah, I wonder if they – I did. There were a couple references that looked like they might be, you know, kind of shots at the people who were trashing the movie unseen. And I wondered if they were like pickup shots that they did, you know, after the movie was closed or if they were just psychic because they knew this yeah. was going to come. I think either of those is possible. I still I loved it, though. Oh, I yeah. Like, yeah. Just, screw you guys. I'm just, yeah, screw those guys. I mean, you know, it it uh, um, the hate started so early before there was any reason to hate anything. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll say, oh, the trailer was bad. But I'm like, no, but I was there. You hated it before the trailer came yeah. out. And uh, well, IMDb allows ratings before a movie is released. Yes, they do. So it was it was hovering around a three. Three and a four out of ten stars before anybody saw the movie. Yeah, they, so it has nothing to do with the quality of the film. They and you know, um, the idea that you can't remake something is just ridiculous. It's on its face. You know, they redid RoboCop. You know what? I love RoboCop. I, I actually think it's one of my favorite all-time movies. The original with Verhoeven. It's a classic satire. This the remake didn't do anything for me. I thought it was boring and and, and everything else. But you know that what? Guys I in Suicide Squad. Yeah. But you know what? I don't care. I really didn't care that they remade the movie because I was like, nah, it didn't work. I'm glad they took a shot at it. And, and uh, you know, maybe next time it will. doesn't hurt the original. It didn't, didn't hurt anything to it try. It actually made the original better. It <coughs> yeah. made the original better. <laughs> yeah, you can look at things that you can see the missed opportunities makes you appreciate the first one. This is not a movie that's uh, going to make people say, oh, the original's better because this is so god-awful. That was Ghostbusters 2. Um, this, yeah. is, uh, this is a movie that'll go... This was really fun. I hope they make another one. Uh, they're on to something here. It, there's room for improvement. It certainly didn't come out of the gate as like a classic of all time. But uh, the characters were so good. The, just the scientists themselves were so much fun. Their interactions. Um, yeah, I could sit. I could sit around watching them for 45 minutes just talking to each other. Yeah. They, no ghosts whatsoever. I could just yeah. talk, listen to them talk to each well, other. I mean, it's Paul Feig comedy, and that's that's what you get. You know, we're just. It's a scenario for them to interact with each other, but the comedy comes from the characters interacting. Um, you know, actually, it's funny because Paul Feig's, you know, Muse seems to be uh, uh, Melissa McCarthy normally. She's done right. like three or four with him, and all have been very good. I I, I thought sh that, uh, you know, really Kristen Wiig's character became kind of the center of the film, you know, that, that much more so. And uh, and then the scene stealer, um, uh, Jillian there of uh, of uh, Kate McKinnon is scroll scrolling through. Not that anybody in the film uh, of the main Ghostbusters were bad, but I really expected uh, McCarthy to be more of a focus of the movie. And right. my, my eyes kept drifting off to some of the other Ghostbusters, too. Yeah, I, I like the fact that everybody had a chance. Yeah. Like in the first movie, I'm sorry, in the, in the original movie, it was just all Bill Murray. He had every single funny line, although, although Egon... Has more, some of my favorite parts in it. Yes, yeah, the part the the part where he uh, he walks up to the guy standing in the hallway and he just shoves the guy like he's not there. Yeah, he but, him. And then the other subtle thing was uh, it was before that when they're in the elevator and he turns on the nuclear accelerator and they just shift over slightly to the right like that's going well, to do. I, I do think that uh, uh, the other Ghostbusters, with the exception of Winston, who I really don't think was given much to do at all, yeah. there were moments for each of them to, to not do like something. this though. This movie, this movie, every like there, were, I remember it, laughing out loud at least 
five times for every single main character. Yeah. It was very much more balanced. Yeah. I, you know, when I brought this up, it was only because of their longstanding relationship. I really expected yeah, it yeah. to be more of a Melissa McCarthy vehicle. It's not. There are lots of funny things going on. Uh, and really, I'm going to go back to Kate McKinnon, who... Uh, yeah, I, she's I the just, only one that doesn't get a background, because Leslie Jones, yeah. she gets a little bit of a storyline. And of then you see the, the history of the other two. Um, and what well, we got a little bit of her mentor at the end of the film. <laughs> film. Yep, yep, but, yep. Um, you know, but I... I you know how I, I thought of her was uh, uh, a quote that I read about how they uh, Christopher Nolan approached the Joker in, in uh, The Dark Knight, which is, he, we don't want to know his background. He's this force <laughs> of nature that everybody has to deal with in film. We don't want to know anything about where he came from. Right, he, just, right. he just exists and is. And I think from a comedic standpoint, that's what Kate McKinnon brought to this movie. Yeah. She's this bizarre force of nature that is just strange and surreal and everybody else has to just kind of deal with it and explaining why she's that way would just do nothing to help us. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love the uh, I love the line that uh, Sigourney Weaver has at the end of the movie um, when she says uh, uh, "Warning lights are for boys." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that it's a callback to the trap in yeah. Ghostbusters one. The uh, um, and you know that might have been a bumper pickup after they had started getting the crap. Uh, you know, uh, maybe yeah. Yeah. So you you get to see the original cast and everything. You, you get to see Bill Murray. Yeah. You get to see Dan Aykroyd, um, who I thought Dan Aykroyd's cameo actually was probably the worst out of all of them. Yeah, I, I think so. I right. thought it was like that. That felt like it was forced because he's like, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I'm like, Ugh. and and he's he's harking he, back to the class five vapor, you know, right? Yeah, and he, he knows went, exactly what it is. He and went, he's a taxi went, cab driver. Yeah, he went right back into his original Ghostbusters character, Ray, uh, yeah. Ray and um, just for a brief moment. Um, yeah, Bill Murray, obviously, uh, you know, this was not a dinky little cameo. I love the, the, the conspiracy theories that get posted on this online. They're like, they held a gun to Bill Murray's head and they forced him to be in this movie. No. It's obvious they did not. He no. had a, a fairly significant cameo and he yeah. was camping it up and it looked like he was having a good time doing it. To be honest, if you know was, anything about Hollywood, you can't make Bill Murray do you anything. Can't make Bill he Murray doesn't do have anything. a fucking agent. What, what kills me is that the you, you know they've been trying to make Bill Murray make Ghostbusters three for twenty five years and could not do it. But yeah. all of a sudden, when they make re, do a reboot, they're thinking, oh, they have leverage on him to force him to do a cameo. Yeah, like, yeah. If they had leverage on him, they would have Let, made him let's do get Ghostbusters three. Right, exactly. Let's, you can't do the sequel that everybody wants, but now all of a sudden you can make him do the sequel that nobody wants to see. Apparently, yeah. Well, I, you know, not nobody, but there's. A well, I chunk mean, out there. Apparently, nobody apparently, wants yeah. to see. Um, and I, I, I will say this: I, you know, it, it was a pleasure seeing some of them. That was one of the things that I'm like. It was a I. I was having such a good time watching the women interact and everything that the cameos came out of nowhere. They, right? They came out of nowhere, and they 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 did feel like oh, this is just something in here to placate the you know people who love the original. I, I was having such a good time with the girls. I almost didn't need them. I mean, I, I hate to say that about somebody like you know Bill Murray or, or Dan Aykroyd, but I'm just like, eh, you know, I, I could have lived without those cameos, especially Bill Murray's, who is, they set up as this huge debunker, yeah, and then he shows up, yeah. and then it's just like, and then it, it doesn't they, go anywhere. He just they fucking <laughs> kill him. <laughs> he's dead, and it didn't go anywhere. And I, you know, I, I he had created this weird character and everything, yeah. but I just feel like, oh, you know, they they could have just not had him in there and I, it, I would not have cried at all unless I wish he had been, uh, ended up more in the, uh, what's his name? Uh, William Atherton, the, uh, the, the EPA guy from the original. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That yeah. would have been funny. You yeah. know, just, uh, I think that he kind of was a little bit, but then little, like they killed him off. They killed him off so fast. You know, I, yeah. I would have loved to have seen him 
you know, he was a television personality, a commentator, all the way through. Right. You know, right. and maybe stealing some of that away from Cecily Strong, uh, who was the mayor's spokeswoman. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought she was a bit over the top for me. There was somebody who was, uh, yeah. uh, it didn't completely work for me, although I did love the idea that she, they were. The city was always admitting fully that they were on the right track and that they were saving the city <laughs> and then trashing them to the press. Very J. Jonah Jameson of the, yeah, uh, yeah. Of the I like mayor's the, office. I like the Andy Garcia's few things in there. Yeah. I love the uh, – my favorite line, of course, from Andy Garcia was, don't compare me to the mayor of Jaws. <laughs> um, that was great. That was funny. Um, you know, I, I back to the cameos. I loved all the cameos, and I got to say that the only one, again, that I didn't like was Dan Aykroyd's. It was the only one that felt forced. Yeah. Um, Ernie Hudson ends up being the uncle. That for, was that was brilliant. Uh, for Patty, I, I think her name is yeah, right. Patty. Patty. That yeah. was awesome. I, you know, I you know, again, I was just like you. I was so caught up <laughs> in the characters and and the movie and the story that like I didn't even think that that would be the perfect cameo for right. him. It didn't even like occur to well, me. Well, I was waiting for him, so I was like, oh, "Well, were? We're, we're out of time. He has to be the uncle." <laughs> so oh, really? Okay. I was sitting there going, "I know they're all in it." I didn't think. Seen I didn't think about it until like the the the, the, the unpainted hearse pulls up. I'm like, oh, it's got to be him. Oh yeah. Well, that's but, what I'm like, talking about. Oh, okay. Okay. I've been watching for him. I'm like, when's he going to show up? And yeah. then it's like, oh, it's my uncle. I went, okay, that's got to be it because we don't have any other yeah, then, <laughs> choices. And I, and thought, then, I thought it was going to be Patty driving the hearse, like she got a new one because oh, they. Okay. Lost the old right, one, right. and then all of a sudden it's her saying, it's my uncle. I went, ah, there yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought Sigourney Weaver's uh, cameo was awesome. Yeah, Just Sigourney Weaver awesome. was very funny. She plays uh, uh, Holtzman's uh, mentor. Crazy. Which is great. Uh, yeah, <laughs> both crazy. Um, let's see. Annie Potts plays... Um, receptionist. Receptionist at the, at at the, the hotel. hotel that's haunted. Yeah. And, I, and not channeling uh, Janine from the original movie. Yeah. She did a different character. Um, everybody pretty much was different. Maybe that was what uh, why Ackroyd's didn't work is because he just for a moment became yeah, Ray from the original. Yeah, when he said the class five thing, yeah. I was like, he sounded just like Ray right, from yeah. the first movie. So I was I was a little upset that Rick Moranis was not in it. Well, Rick Moranis, to be fair, I'm sure they offered, and Rick Moranis yeah. hasn't done anything for like. Well, 15, he chose not to. He chose not to. He's he's been his wife uh, died, and he decided to take go away from Hollywood and raise his kids and. It's been very difficult to lure him to do anything but voice work. So uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm sure they said, do you want to come down and be a part of this? And he said, I'm just not doing that anymore, which is what he said to almost every other project right. he's been offered. So There's, there's a great – there's a great uh, – you listen to podcasts and everything, right? Well, you're on Sometimes, one. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> you only listen to it when you're I on listen, Yeah, I listen to both of them on. <laughs> um, there's a great podcast with – I think it was The Nerdist who interviewed Rick Moranis like two or yeah. three years ago, and he talks about that. Right. And – it didn't. I mean, I, I understood and 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 appreciated his reasoning for doing it, and I right. respect that reason. But it also made me love him even more for oh, yeah, that yeah. because because I was like, oh man, I, I miss Rick Moranis. <laughs> you know, uh, his character just is complete aside has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Let's go ahead. Uh, <laughs> in Ghostbusters, was originally given to John Candy that they had done. He oh, okay. Ra- he Murray and Ramis had done Stripes together, right? And uh, so it, that part was written for uh, John Candy, and they gave him the script. And Candy read it and read it again, and then he came back to him and he said, I can't figure out the right way to do this character. I could do it, but it just wouldn't be the right guy. I'm not the right guy. You need to get somebody else. I don't know whether it was a referral or not because Candy and Moranis had done SCTV together, right, but um, but they, they went a different direction just because you know uh, Candy, not through pride or anything else, but quite the opposite, said, I'm not the right guy for this role. I can't figure out how to play him. You need to get somebody else here. I'm, I'm going to back out just so you, you guys have a good movie. And I, I always admired that about John Candy. You know, I, when you said that, I was thinking the only thing that was even remotely close to what I could picture John Candy doing was the security guard in, in uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. Yeah. 
That I mean, that's. I think he was going to play him if I remember because I read about this because you know I'm a huge nerd and it's like oh I'll go a, a tidbit trivia thing about Ghostbusters right. I got to read it. Uh, he was going to play uh, him as like a weird German ex- eccentric or something oh, really? like that. That was the direction he was moving in. But again, he kept trying things and didn't think any of it worked. Hmm. So, you know, uh, whatever he was going to do and whatever he had planned, John Candy felt that didn't work. You yeah. know, we're not talking about someone else said, John, you're not working out. It was Candy saying, yeah, I, yeah. I, can't, I can't get a handle on this. I, nothing <clears throat> I do feels right. So yeah. I think, you know, looking back on it, if, if, if Miranda showed up in this movie, I yeah. think I would have lost my shit more because <laughs> knowing knowing that he had quit Hollywood, right. and that he came back for a cameo for this movie, I would have lost it. It would have been it would have been nice, but you know, it, it would have. It's also uh, unreasonable to expect that he's no, gonna, I know, I know, gonna, just for a cameo. Maybe a maybe he does it in the second one. No, maybe I and, hope, I, I hope there's a sequel. This is a movie. Oh, talk makes, about sequel! <laughs> what about that setup for a sequel? <laughs> um, you know, it's a, it. Well, you can either say it's a setup for the sequel or, or another callback to the original. It, well, it it's both. both. For it's both. It's both, both purposes. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. So yeah. The bumper segment for those of you. This might be a spoiler for people who even saw the movie if they didn't stay all the way through. Well, the that's your own fault. From now on, you should always stay, no yeah. matter what. So, at the very end of the movie, the they're listening to the uh, tape. You know, the uh, electronic voice. Well, everybody, every, everybody's doing it, right? Except uh, no, everybody's doing something different. Except Patty's Patty doing it. And then uh, Samuel L. Jackson comes in and inducts him into the Avengers, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> no, I'm, Mar- Marvel is the one that has just cemented this post-credits yeah, thing, yeah. makes you sit through the credits of every damn movie. Um, no, they uh, uh, Patty hears something on you know a ghost on the tape that they're listening to. He says, "I think he hears something." He says, "What's a zool?" Which is you know a callback to the great villain of the original. Yeah, and, and- a perfect setup for. For the next movie, which it, it when I when I heard Zool, I was like, "Oh fuck!" And I immediately thought of Batman Begins, right? When Batman flips the card over oh, and for it's the, the Joker. Joker, yeah. Because like Batman's been booted how many fucking times, right? Yeah, and you know, like the Batman's gonna eventually going to fight the Joker, no matter right. how many times you reboot the movie or the character. And when they flipped the card over, it was like that kind of callback, like, "Oh my god, that's a great setup," but like you kind of expect it, right? Uh, that he's going to fight the joke eventually. And sure. in this one, it's kind of like a callback to the original. But again, it's a great setup because that was the bigger baddie because they don't want to reference anything about the Statue of Liberty being stuck in the middle of Manhattan. No, yeah, you don't want to. That, uh, although, like I said, we love Vigo. He's a great villain. But, just, <laughs> but there were so many things not to like about Ghostbusters. That's the one thing I enjoyed about that movie that yeah. I thought worked. I, thought I like the, who's the guy, uh, who's the, who took over the Weasley, Rick Moranis character? Fuck, he was in uh, Ally McBeal. Um, um, oh, oh no! He, yeah, um, Moranis was in it. So yeah, Moranis, but he took no, over. I, the Weasley, I know the guys. Uh, Peter uh, McNichol. Uh, yeah, Peter McNichol. Yeah, also he, the voice of Doctor Octopus on the Spider-Man. Uh, oh, really? A little bit ago. Yeah, the I loved him. I loved him in Ghostbusters too. I thought he was great in that, yeah, in that movie yeah. too. There were there were there were things to like. I mean, Ghostbusters too. I don't want to get too far on the band, but it certainly was just a, such a huge fall off from the yeah. original, and and really. Ultimately, even though there were things to like, I think an unsuccessful film. It 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 made Bill Murray say, "Not doing any more Ghostbusters." That's, yeah. that's what did it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the fans or the money. It was Ghostbusters. It was too. Ghostbusters. Yeah, and you know, um, so yeah, but uh, you know, overwhelmingly positive. It's just one of those things that I hope that they sit down and do a post mortem on. I hope, number one, I hope it makes good money. I yeah, hope me that, too. That's, so that 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 a sequel gets discussed, and I hope that they sit down and do the post mortem and say, "Here are the parts of the movie that really worked." And here's the parts that maybe didn't work as well. I, what I'm really hoping is that it does so well that uh, Feig gets more control. Because I really right. do feel like the things that took us out of the movie were 
uh, the big special effects ending, which I thought was a little over the top and took away from the humor. Not that it was bad, but it wasn't as good as the funny stuff. Yeah, but you know, studio heads are going to think the exact opposite, that they didn't make enough money because they didn't put enough money in the movie and, and make it bigger and bigger and bigger. And well, that's not the case with a movie like this. Well, you know, I, I'm going to point back to the Marvel model, which is after making things blow up every stupid movie <laughs> and ha- having bigger and bigger endings with a whole worse in danger, world's in danger, they they got us to civil war where right. they put so much faith in the Russo brothers that instead of the world being in danger, the big denim of the film is oh the heroes are fighting and they're not friends anymore. That's that's the you know that's the big end of the movie. Not that you know the you know a meteor is coming in to split the planet in two. Right. It's that hey we we have fractured relationships. They made a relationship movie yeah. out, out of a superhero. Secrets film. Secrets was the big big yeah. enemy in this movie or that movie. Yeah. Um. So. Um, yeah, overall, really great. So uh, we do we do this rating. We do these ratings. Um, uh, we do lightsabers and chainsaws. Okay. I'm lightsabers on, on our logo. I'm the one holding the lightsaber. Right. Do uh, I get a chainsaw this time? Yeah, you get a chainsaw. You, for, you like Ash it. from Evil Dead. I'm very yes, happy about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna out of and we do it out of five. So for yeah. me, I'm gonna give this four out of five lightsabers. Yeah, I'm, I'm stuck. I think I'd be like a three and a half uh, uh, chainsaws half. out of five. Um, it's a solid, solid, good movie that people should go see. I hope they make another, and I hope the next one's even better. It, it, that's where I'm at with it. I can't. I just can't emphasize enough. If you if you go into this movie, and I I could probably quote every line from the original Ghostbusters. It was yeah. one of those that and Empire Strikes Back. I think watched I watched more in college than any other movie. Right. And going into this movie and. The other part that I had to actually escape out of my mind, and other than the nostalgia factor for the first movie, is that part of me wanted to love this movie so much because of all the stupid shit that was going on. So right. I had to like subdue that, it's, too. It's very difficult to be right. apolitical about Ghostbusters, which sounds like the stupidest sentence yes. that should be written in the <laughs> English language. But, that, I mean, I mean the, the hate online was so vitriolic and unwarranted for a movie that nobody had seen and right. started before the trailer even came out. It... It's obvious that something else was going on. This is not just, you know, right. and, and then the, the like jumping through hoops of why this is so awful and like Robocop wasn't or one of the million other reboots that Hollywood does. Right. Oh, well, it's just a classic that can't be touched. And then, and then, uh, and then I love, because I read this stuff, the bizarre conspiracy theories of, you know, they wanted to make Ghostbusters 3. Bill Murray did, but they forced him to do this instead. I'm like, right. oh, you got to be killing, kidding me. Yeah. Bill Murray for 20 years has been interviewed saying, I'm never doing another Ghostbusters. I think, I think, you, I think you nailed it in the beginning of the podcast when you said that um, the people that didn't want to watch this movie, like, have no bearing of, of anything to to try to open up their minds to, like, that if the original Ghostbusters didn't exist yeah. and you went to go see this movie, yeah. that you would love this movie. You would love I, this I movie. I think the ratings would be even higher for me if right. I had never seen a Ghostbusters and had no idea what the fuck a Ghostbuster was. Right. If none of that stuff ever happened, this movie would be a surprise hit of the summer. Yeah, and it, it, it deserves to be a surprise hit of the summer. Uh, not a surprise hit, but it, it deserves to be a hit. It should right. be one. Yeah. It, it absolutely has earned it. Um, you know, And I, I'll say this. I think that from a character interaction and being funny standpoint on just those terms that the women are about as funny as the men were in the first one. I really believe that Murray may be an, an outlier because he's very hard to top, but for the whole cast, I think they, they were as funny as the guys were. You know, it's I, I want to say better. The, the, yeah, maybe perhaps even better, especially since I think it was more balanced. Um, but I think that the, you know, the places where it didn't quite work as well were 
plot and maybe pacing because I think it just got a little frantic at the end and pacing, crazy. I would, pacing, it, I would say, probably. Right, plot I, wasn't too bad. Plot wasn't um, too bad. There I, was I, no real um, – did you pick up on – I don't really know the – the re- well, the reasoning behind him doing that was be- his motivation for bringing up the ghost was that he was just bullied his entire life. Yeah, basically. it was. That's what I was saying. Kind of weak. I, I would the villain if he had had better motivation. It wasn't that his character presence was horrible or anything. He was a creepy guy. I I, I bought into him, but um, you know, it, I think the villain either needs to be like Zool or something where it's just like you have no idea what his motivation are is and you don't care, or. It needs to be uh, something where he's much more explained and much more integral to the plot right, and interacts right. with them more often. He ended up in this weird middle section where there wasn't really enough pieces there to, to get a good feel for him. And, yeah. you know, like, again, let's go back to the, keep referencing Ghostbusters 2, but uh, Vigo in Ghostbusters 2, his DNA was all the way through the film. So you, you felt his menace build up the entire thing. You got this idea of what the character was like, and then, you know, you, you had a good villain. I think uh, there wasn't quite enough of this guy to get that. But there was too much of him for him just to come out of nowhere and just be a who cares a MacGuffin yeah. at the end. Yeah, it's almost a, it's almost like a poor man's email from Civil War because he was kind of like underneath yeah. the whole thing and throughout Civil War. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he really wasn't the main villain. He was right. kind of just puppeteering the ending to right. get them to fight each other. Um, and that and that worked for me because it didn't yeah. have to be like this giant like enemy like Thanos. Well, because again, that was a one where the the external enemy was almost irrelevant. It was about these clash of personalities right, right. internally. But this one, it was it was it almost had the same beats as like this underlying thing, kind of yeah. moving all these parts together. But then you didn't like you didn't really understand didn't, why. Didn't and, understand why and didn't and then, frankly, I didn't care. It was it's just one of those things that you know. It can just be um, a MacGuffin, you know, you know, MacGuffin. Right. Right. Yep. It, it doesn't matter what the thing is that they're after, really. It really doesn't. You just need a scenario that gets these characters together, gets them talking because they're hilarious when they're interacting. Yeah. And, you know, and that's all we really needed from that. So he was either overwritten or underwritten. You could take either <laughs> way. I just feel like he, he fell in this, like, donut right in the middle of there where right. there was more of him than you would need to just set up the ending, but not enough of him to have him make him have a real presence where right. he could have been more integral to the plot and you would have understood why he is the way he is um you know he's a, he's a janitor and he doesn't like it but how in the hell did he get smart enough to like build ghost summoning machines and stuff <laughs> i guess and he how did he build that fucking giant ghost summoning machine in the basement and nobody knew it nobody knows yeah well you know you let the janitor do whatever he wants in yeah. the basement um, that's how freddy krueger is made yeah that's well you know it's it's a uh uh, I was well, f- fully willing to suspend the disbelief on that part of it, <laughs> but you know it would have. Uh, you know he needed to be like a disgruntled former co-worker of the the two women. You know because right. he. He, uh, he, you know, they froze him out, didn't like him, and so he took his, their research and decided to have vengeance on them personally and the world. That would have given him a bigger part. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or else we just don't care, and it's the ley lines are acting up as a natural phenomenon, and this is happening, and we don't need a reason it's happening. It's just happening, and the and the women stop it. I, I you know, that, that's my take on it. I'm sitting there, twi- you know critiquing a film by Paul Feig, who's one of my favorite directors of all yeah, time. I, let's, let's keep in mind that we're, we're nitpicking. Yeah, we're, we are nitpicking. We are, like, we, like I said in the beginning of the, of the podcast, I, I really tried to find things I did not like in this movie. Yeah. And um, I could the, probably count on one hand what I didn't like. I, you know, and here's the thing. It's just overriding for me was how enjoyable it was to watch the women working together. That's all I needed. I mean, all I need is uh, then at that point is a reason for them to be on screen together. They gave us that. So um, they were just so funny. Kristen Wiig, uh, you know, uh, this is a great, hilarious character for her. I was surprised by Leslie Jones. 
Uh, Melissa McCarthy was very solid in there. And then, yeah, again, Kate McKinnon Kate just McKinnon's stole the show. Just, just chewing every piece of scenery she could find in there and, and, uh, and owning it. She if was you don't so like, funny. I've, I've seen some things where people are like, oh, I don't like Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig's okay. But if anything, go see Kate McKinnon. Well, you know, Melissa McCarthy, here's one thing. I think we've seen over and over again her play this kind of fat, crude, obnoxious character. Yeah. She didn't do it. Here. No, she no, did she's, not. That is not the Melissa no. McCarthy you're getting in this movie. You're not no. getting like Tammy or, you know, the character from Bridesmaids whose name eludes me that crap right. in the sink, which was funny. But, the, yeah. uh, but you know, she is uh, – you're not just getting uh, one of her stock, you know, characters. Yeah, no. Uh, nobody felt off the shelf She here. just plays a smart scientist. She just plays a smart scientist. And uh, and so in some ways is the most like stable kind of grounded one uh, right. compared to the very uptight, hilariously uptight Kristen Wiig. And uh, and Leslie Jones, again, surprised me for not – I thought we were going to get a much more like almost offensive stereotype out of her, and, and that didn't happen at all. And we should have known better if, considering it was Paul Feig. We should have known better, but it was the trailer that did it yeah, because yeah. they show the like yes. one or two times when she's very over the top. Yeah. That's what we saw, and I thought, oh, she's going to be this – you know. Token. Uh, well, not just token, but just stereotypical performance the entire film. But those were just a couple moments that were actually quite funny. And especially when you see the rest of the character, she's developed a different character uh, who's smart and has stuff to contribute and, you know, puts them on a, a yeah. good path. I, I don't know. I, I just love the film. I love the idea that the, the they're now like government sponsored Ghostbusters at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that they get the they get the uh, they get the firehouse. They get the, the firehouse, yeah. which is a good payoff for you know earlier. Yeah. And I love the fact that they teased us with that firehouse early in the movie. I thought they were going to move in, and then because yeah. it was so twenty one thousand dollars for the <laughs> month. <laughs> which which again in the original that's probably what it would have cost for a, a firehouse in the middle of Manhattan. They, there's no way they could have afforded it. It's it's actually where that is where that original because i when i used to work in new york city yeah uh i got off the bus and i would i would actually walk by the ghostbusters firehouse yeah. all the time well they just shot it for exteriors the interior was something they found in la i written so they yeah. didn't actually film it if, but... if, if if well yeah they filmed the exteriors but if you actually when it was still up and running as yeah. a firehouse if you walked by you could see ghostbusters memorabilia oh yeah with the well, real would, fire you would be a fire truck in there I would have a Ghostbusters logo pinned on the front of the truck. I'd change the siren. I would do <laughs> – my fire truck would be Ecto-1. It would be white and red. Instead of like a normal hose at the end, it would look like a proton. It would like, yeah, look like a proton, proton pack. pack. Let's make it look like a proton pack. Um, the other rating that we do is we started doing diversity rating. So our three oh. ratings for diversity is, um, is a, a plethora, which we right. stole from um, – uh, three amigos, mm -hmm. which is uh, the line where El Guapo says uh, a plethora of of, uh, <laughs> of okay. pinatas, and then you're laughing because like you know the movie. Yeah, uh, we we wanted to come up with some kind of obscure type of things, especially for the the highest uh, right. possible rating for diversity. The middle is Jan Brady. Yeah, who has somewhat you know she's in the middle. She's not she's not all the way down. She's not the youngest. She's not the oldest. She's right there in the middle, and then Casper. Which is yeah. ironic for this review, right. but well, yeah, yeah. Casper is you can't get much more uh, no diversity than white male. Right. So for this movie, for my rating, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to say Jan Brady. Yeah, I think it's I'm a, it's women. It's, it, there's there's definitely black women in it, um, but <laughs> everybody else there. everybody else is mainly white, other than Andy Garcia. Right. Uh, but doesn't have a real big prominent role. He doesn't. He does uh, when he's on screen. He's fun, but he's yes. not there a lot. Um, yeah, that's about where I would be. It doesn't. Uh, quite feel like you know what i'm used to here in california it's not what my impression of new york is i've only been there once but right. I, I think you would probably uh 
you know, see a, a slightly wider range of skin tones. Uh, on the other hand, the gender diversity, you, I guess. You well, know, how about the fact that they, they work above a Chinese restaurant and the guy delivering the food is Indian, I think, right? Or, yeah. And you don't see he any Chinese. He looked like Indian, you know. He, well, yeah. I'm always bad at that. I'm always, like, I don't want to well, say. He definitely wasn't Chinese. He definitely wasn't Chinese. <laughs> I think he was Indian. He was uh, you didn't even East see Asian Chinese. at some yeah. point. Sorry. But, uh but uh, but what I I do want to credit Paul Feig for this movie that you touched upon is that these are just four women in the movie. It's not a, it's not four gorgeous women. It's not four fat women. It's not four black women. No stereotypes whatsoever in this movie. No. They're just four four brilliant women in this movie, and that's all you need. Yeah, brilliant, funny women in this movie. That's all you needed for this movie, and that's what carries yeah. this movie. And I'm gonna just attack on that again because we've mentioned it, and maybe we need. I just want to state it more clearly. Leslie Jones is a smart, contributing member of this team. Yes, she is not just like you know, kind of dumb on the side and cracking jokes and doesn't nope. know what's going on. She is definitely. She makes a major contribution at the end of the movie. She, she makes a major contribution a few times. So. Um, you know, the, uh, uh, it's a, that's the one character that I think made me nervous going in yeah, and, yeah. and, and completely redeemed. I, I should have known. I like Leslie Jones. I like yep. Paul Feig. I just, you know, uh, maybe some of that negativity that's been swirling around it. That's <laughs> one of the things they pounced on immediately. No, I think you were right is, is, is the trailer. That's all they showed. I was like, oh shit. Like, it, you know, it's her broadest comedy moments. And if she would played it with the, like those couple scenes we saw the entire film, she would be an obnoxious character, but right. that isn't what you get. No, it's definitely not. She she's very strong too. Like that's the other thing too. Like all the women in this movie end up being very strong in their own yeah. way. Yeah. And and right off the bat, she ends up being one of <laughs> she has some of the funniest. The one of the <laughs> one of the funniest moments is when she. Uh, I'm going off on a tangent here, but it's about the movie, so I don't give a shit. There's a part where they're at the bottom of the concert venue, right? Yeah. And she walks in. To this room filled with mannequins, like, and and they're chasing ghosts, and it's dark. And she walks into the room with filled with mannequins. She's like, "Nope, that's where nightmares happen." And she just walks the fuck out, shuts the door behind her. <laughs> yeah. It was that was hilarious. I forgot that scene, but the second you said it, this is you know this is where the movie's at. You said it, I remembered, and I started laughing. I yeah, mean, I just I was like, oh, I, I'd forgotten that scene yeah, for a yeah. second that you brought it up because that's what happened in real life. Like, yeah. if I went down into a basement, even if I have a fucking nuclear accelerator on my back, yeah. and there's a room. Filled with mannequins, like disassembled mannequins, yeah. and they could be haunted. Fuck that! I'm leaving. Like no, I'm yeah. gone. It's just. It's not even that. It's just you know. It, oh, maybe a little bit of the uh, the Eddie Murphy from uh, what was it Raw or uh, I'm trying to remember which comedy special it was that you know white people in the in the haunted house. Hey, uh, there's blood <laughs> coming out of the sink. Hmm, that's peculiar. You know. And then, yeah, yeah. then it says you know a black family moves in and they hear they're like get out. So it's too bad we can't stay. You know, just <laughs> and I think Leslie Jones that if you want to play a stereotype, there was some of that that she has the common sense of just like oh that's creepy as hell. I'm just getting the yeah. Hell away it from was it. so fucking funny because like because I, I I immediately thought about like don't go in there. There's yeah. fucking mannequins, mannequins in there. In there. Um, you know they did have a little bit of the the, the Scooby Doo problem, which is let's all split up. I'm like why the <laughs> heck are you all splitting up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not a good idea at all. Um, and, so. Overall, uh, both of us really like the movie. It's really enjoyable. It's really funny. And again, the best compliment we can give it is that if you never saw Ghostbusters and then the Sarah who won the tickets yeah. sat next to you, nine years old around there, nine or ten, I, I think. I'm, I'm guessing it. Yeah. Um, she watched the movie and she loved it. She loved it. She laughed. She was scared. She enjoyed it. She And at the and, end of the day, she now wants to be a ghostbuster and i and i talked to her dad and here's here's the people that are dumping all this hate on you know what you know what she wants to do when she gets home 
watch the original Ghostbusters. She wants to go see the original. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is going to introduce a whole new generation of kids yep. to the idea of Ghostbusters, and then they're going to go back and find the original. For all these people that are like, this is trashing and desecrating the original, it's certainly not. Yeah. And it's going to do nothing but expand love of the franchise, uh, except for the people who purport to be fans of it, who are, you know, it's just weird to me that when you're hoping it'll be bad because you say you're a fan, I don't get that mentality at right. all. Yeah, hold judgment until you actually see the movie and yeah, try to and try to thing. watch it. There's no way you can actually sit down and watch this movie unless you are a complete asshole. Like, there's no way you could watch this movie and not laugh. No, it, there's it's no way. Very funny. It's 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 a very funny. And uh, even though like visually they kind of lined up with the original Ghostbusters, these are original characters. Yeah. There there isn't. You know, you can say, oh, you know, uh, Jillian is kind of like yeah. Egon in the first one. But then you can list 400 reasons she's not Egon exactly. at, at, yeah. at all. She's a very different because character. Because they're all smart. Every they're single smart. one of them. Every single one of them is smart. Yeah, there, is, there isn't a Bill Murray analog, which might have been hard anyways. But, you know, the when you try to say, oh, make a one-to-one comparison, no, it, it just falls apart. You know, yeah, Leslie these... Jones has a much bigger part than... Uh... Actually, I think Leslie Jones is better than Ernie Hudson in the movie. Oh, I, th- I, think, I think she has more to do. I mean... Well, no fault on Ernie Hudson. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. I mean Character-wise. And she, I think she's funnier, too. I just yeah. think Ernie Hudson's a good actor. I, I've loved him in quite he's a few things. He's not a comedic actor. He's not a comedic actor, yeah. really. Um, and uh, so, yeah. The, uh, um, the, uh, I think, you know, that uh, you know, don't try to go in there making a one-to-one comparison. It is not a thinly-veiled remake. They do callbacks to the original quite often through the film, but the movie is a completely different plot, completely different, you know, premise. Everything's different. The characters are different, um, but in a good way. So it's not like they're just, you know, cribbing off the old one constantly. <laughs> yeah. They got their own ideas. This is not, this is not the remake of Psycho. No, where it's just shot for shot, the yeah. Gus Van Sant yeah. remake. Yeah. Yeah. So there's our review for Ghostbusters, uh, Paul Feig's Ghostbusters. Uh, this is episode oh. 34. Uh, one more one, thing, one more thing. Just go see the movie despite assholes on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Buy an extra ticket. Screw those guys. Yeah, actually, help us. Help us get a sequel made by buying more tickets. Yeah. Because I want to see a sequel. I desperately want to see the sequel where now you don't have to give me a background and now yeah. Paul Feig can just write the movie that he wants to write. Yeah, I and like yeah, exactly. I, I would uh and, and you know now that he's got his feet, I think that there will be that hopefully that post mortem where they go, here are the bits that really worked and here are the bits that we could tighten up and I want a sequel that builds on it and, and gives us even Yeah, more. I don't I don't want a sequel that goes over the top like Ghostbusters two try to. Right. I and, you know, I think less is more. I you know, that's yeah. I would have uh, if they'd had a slightly less budget and if the studio wasn't so insistent on big action sequences at the yeah. end i probably would like the movie even more than i do now and i like it a lot yeah <laughs> so, so. Although um, some of the ghosts were cool the yeah end. they were the the lady uh the the what was the house in the oh beginning? i, I can't remember starts with an a yeah Atherton, but, no that's not after william atherton was the but NBA uh guy. but uh the the lady in the beginning was creepier yeah. creepier than the librarian it was one. obviously i think uh there, there's something where it's like kind of a minor callback yeah, she had yeah. somewhat the same feel yeah, but she was creepier, and you had a whole creepy backstory where she'd kill the household people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so they built up a little bit more of the uh, basement, ghost. that door. Yeah. Um, that whole that whole beginning that was, was way it creepier. Was actually, I mean, that's the part. There were it was you know you know you're in a comedic movie, you know it's not going to get that bad, but they actually managed to throw yeah. in a little bit of like really creepy stuff at the beginning. Yeah, definitely creepier than the uh, the original um, with the librarian. Yeah. Uh, anytime you get into a haunted house and then the basement door has a shitload of, shitload of padlocks on it, it's yeah. it's pretty creepy. <laughs> All right, so that's episode thirty-four. Our review. Thanks again, John, for joining us uh, to this and to to review this and replacing BJ. 
Uh, BJ, hope you had a, a, a good honeymoon. No one can replace BJ. <laughs> <laughs> or, wait, are you Jewish? No. Well, then you not. can't replace them because no. then I'd have to change the copy over all of our summary and I'm uh, not going to yeah. do that. Well, so based be... on laziness, I can't replace him. I could convert. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the podcast. <laughs> Just for the podcast. Lahayim. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, John. Thank you for having me. 